Hello, and welcome to The Staffing Show, the only podcast that delivers tools, tips, and tactics from the staffing and recruiting industry's top executives and thought leaders. This episode is brought to you by Staffing Referrals, the only automated referral management platform chosen by smart staffing firms. Tired of wasting money on traditional job boards? Sick of reminding recruiters about promoting your referral program? Wish you could eliminate admin work spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews? That's where Staffing Referrals comes in. Imagine transforming your entire talent pool into digital recruiters on behalf of your company. Think about how happy you'll make your team by eliminating wasted time spent tracking referrals and scheduling interviews. There's a reason that Staffing Referrals is one of the fastest growing software platforms in our industry. It's because staffing executives want to scale faster by automating recruiting processes. It's because with Staffing Referrals, you can actually see an ROI. And it's because our world is now more digital than ever and your candidates expect you to keep up. Don't get passed by the competition. Stop missing referrals and start recruiting smarter. Get staffing referrals and improve your tech stack today. To claim one free month, visit www.staffingreferrals.com show. That's staffingreferrals.com show. So I'm joined here today with Erica Heisen, who's the president of WorkEnd. Super excited to have you on the podcast. Very excited to hear about what your take is on the future of staffing. Thanks so much for joining today. To kick it off, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and we'll go from there. Dave, thank you so much for having me here today. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, my background. I'm the president of WorkEn. I come from 20 years in the staffing industry. I grew up uh, wearing pretty much every every role in the company at Etain Group. I started my career in 1999 and really have a passion for the industry. Thank you. Yeah, and I have to say, every conference I've seen you at, you seem to know everybody in the industry. So you are quite well connected and it's been amazing to see what you've done at the different roles you've been at within the staffing ecosystem. So tell me a little bit about how WorkIn helps staffing agencies. I love that question. First of all, I just had to make a comment that I get so much energy from the network and connections that I bring and such a privilege to get to know so many folks in the industry. So I appreciate you saying that. I guess I'm a recruiter at heart. I do enjoy those meaningful connections. When you ask about working and what problems we solve for the industry, we really think about the times that we're in right now and the timing of what's happening in the world. And some of the obvious things that we solve for the industry is to provide a mobile technology that allow staffing firms to let their talent and customers engage with them on mobile, which at the surface might seem kind of simple, right? To think about engaging your customers with touchless technology. But at the end of the day, sort of behind the scenes, and there's a deep value that we provide and being able to do an exceptional job at leveraging data in our staffing firm's data to be able to re-engage, engage with talent in a meaningful way on mobile in a time where probably now more than ever, people are valuing the idea of self-service and being able to engage and communicate with you on their terms. Yeah, that's great. And with that, I think the rise of mobile years ago used to be like, is your website you know, mobily enabled? And now when it comes to staffing agencies, I, one of the things I think about when I think about working is the fact that you're literally offering people a direct channel to 
the candidates that they're working with to communicate with, to build a relationship with on an ongoing basis. And especially in a world, you know, I, I, from my marketing background, I'm always thinking, well, emails are crowded. People don't read emails and you know, text is valuable. But when you can have an app on the phone and actually communicate directly, pretty amazing to be able to have that direct line of communication. I think if I, if I remember correctly, you've had some, do you have any, I, I'm prodding here a little bit, but you had some stories about how quickly you've been able to mobilize workforces. Are there any kind of success stories that you've had or that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, speed is is certainly one benefit, right? When you think about, I need to fill 40 jobs tomorrow morning. It's holiday season. My client's a retailer. And the old way might be or has been and the recruiter in the branch is hustling to call, email, and text talent to be able to see who's available and confirm work and wait and read, read through and sort through voicemails, emails, and text responses. With work in, the new way is to be able to leverage the app to distribute work to a curated pool of talent to wake up their phones and fill the jobs in a really fast way, but also really without the spam, right? Because you're you're waking up the phones of the relevant talent in a way, and it provides them the opportunity to have self-service where they can select and accept work or express interest in a job. Maybe they haven't completed all their onboarding requirements or, or for some reason. And if you think about what's happening right now, it's holiday season. And I know if I order something on Amazon today, I might get it today. I might get it tomorrow, (laughs) right? So if you think about what's happening with talent, the same is happening in the industry where talent is expecting to be able to click a button and have something quickly served up to them. The same goes for today's customer, right? We're seeing staffing firms asking for support with RFIs and RFPs that they're filling out because their customers are now asking for more self-service than ever before, which might seem controversial and a little bit crazy and not maybe falling on ears that want to hear it, you know, as a threat to the old way of servicing customers in person with high touch and high value activities, not all customers value that, right? So the modern customer is looking for a frictionless way to engage with you. And certainly the speed is an outcome of that, Dave, but staffing firms rarely come to us and say, I'm really looking to improve my time to fill. Although that is a great output. Typically the driver in implementing a technology like Workin is really to put some emphasis on that customer experience. How can I remove friction throughout their journey with my company? What are the workflows that we can automate to make it seamless? What are the ways that we can provide an experience to talent in another way as an alternative to calls, emails, texts, or coming into the branch? What are some ways that my staffing firm can engage with talent after hours? Another great use case might be the the client's looking for those 40 workers tomorrow and we've got 40 ready to go. Those jobs were filled in, in three minutes on the app. Well, now it's midnight and Sally workers got a fever and can't come in tomorrow. So if my staffing firm wants to allow Sally worker 
to have the flexibility in app to cancel, then Sally can cancel with a click of a button and doesn't have to call in or talk to a person, which is incredible value to the candidate thinking I work for an employer who allows me to do this. It's also pretty awesome for the recruiter because they're not fielding emails and texts at two o'clock in the morning, especially if they have a technology that we have called requeuing on where that work can go get redistributed out, redistributed out and someone else's phone wakes up and that work gets filled without the recruiter or the client seeing any gaps in their worker schedule for the next morning. So... These are just a couple of examples of the real value to the customers through leveraging mobile technology. That's incredible and great examples and use cases there. And I, it always, when I'm talking to staff and I think most, most are kind of, kind of come around to the idea that the digital transformation is happening. We need to adopt it. We need to take action. I always, uh, for some reason, I always relate it back to travel in hotels where, you know, in the 90s, there were 20,000 plus staffing agents or uh, travel agencies and while there's still quite a few now, we know that the majority of travel is booked online, managed online by ourselves. <laughs> and, and we all do that happily you know, with a very different model of travel agency than what we used to work with. So kind of transitioning with that, and I know we've touched on a few different components of this regarding the digital transformation, but what does the digital transformation mean to you from your experience in terms of how you think staffing agencies are looking at it or how you're working as approaching it? Yeah, I mean, I think when you think about digital transformation, it can sound kind of daunting. And if you, I'll use a retail analogy because it's COVID and a lot of companies in the retail industry have had to shift to transform digitally. And then we'll kind of talk about staffing, if that makes sense. It's always good to tie it to something that's tangible. When you think about what it takes to and why some some retailers have been really successful during COVID is they've been able to pivot very quickly to being able to service their customers in a new way. So if you shopped before at Target online and in person, you would go into the store, or you could go online. Well, Target also has had for a long time the ability to pull up your car and get something delivered to your car, right? In the lot, right? There's separate parking places there. Grocery stores have been doing this for a few years now. And a lot of things had to happen in these companies to be able to pivot that way operationally so that everything ends up in your cart, so to speak, ends up in your car if you pull up at the curb. And there's a lot of operational things to be considering. And so when you think about digital transformation for the staffing industry, this is where Workin has stood up models from various different use cases, whether a staffing firm is looking to transform themselves, going from old way to new way, or to completely disrupt themselves, going full service automation end to end for talent and clients. So it is not a one-size-fits-all, but we certainly can be prescriptive in some of the things to be thinking about for the staffing company. Much of the success of digital transformation really occurs when there's top-down buy-in from the CEO and president and the COO and the CIO and everybody in lockstep being able to cascade the why. What's changing why are we doing this? What's the value it's going to bring to our customers? And then thinking through the change management that might be involved. If the old way is to call email text and the new way is to be able to distribute work through an app, that can be a little bit challenging 
for a recruiter in a branch to hear. They might say, wow, Dave, what am I going to do? If the app's doing all the matching and before I was doing all the calling, I like being busy doing all of these things. What's the new future for me? So being able to think through for a staffing firm leader, the implications of the change and being prepared for explaining the why and the how and and that that recruiter in that instance would be well positioned to be doing high value activities, not that there is a threat to their job disappearing tomorrow. The same would go if if all of a sudden the staffing firm is providing self-service to their clients. Staffing firm sales rep might say, well, what am I going to (laughs) do? Right? Instead of saying, wow, this sounds really cool. I bet I could go get new customers with this technology who value self-service. I can use this as a new acquisition tool to go sell and generate more revenue for my industry. So these are just a few examples of just the things that companies need to be thinking about in preparation for launching digital transformation and taking this on in their own company. Did that answer your question? Uh, It does. And it's also fantastic advice just from my, my perspective, I've watched so many, lots of agencies that kind of chase the shiny new thing, but don't think through the full strategy. And I, I think I, the term that you just said that I might hold on to and reuse quite a bit, cascading the why, I think is a beautiful way of saying it. Because without the why, getting employees to engage and follow through is very difficult. And often change is, change is difficult for anybody. And I think a lot of times recruiters look at, well, that's part of my job. What happens without it? And, to your point, if they don't know why it's happening or what the opportunities are on the other side, sometimes it can be difficult for people to see through that or look at the actual opportunity that it's creating for them. Yes, so with that, I'm sorry, Dave. I think when I was COO at Etain Group, and I think this is one commonality that staffing firms all share is that when you have investments in technology, it's only as good as your ability to use it. Right. So what's the playbook for making sure that your technology is really working for you and that you're driving adoption? And I feel like this is an area where a lot of firms really struggle. And that change management preparation on the front end is really important. It's equally important to carry it through and to constantly be refining what you're doing, measuring success along the way maybe tweaking things here and there from things you're trying and and learning, as well as just keeping it in front and center with your communications to your stakeholders, if it's internal. When I was at Etain Group, and I'd love to have a few metrics that we could track and manage to that we talked about in our all-hands calls pretty regularly, you know, just to make sure that from our highest-ranking officer in the company, there was a story, and the story and message with some great proof point, but also sent the message that this technology is an investment we're making and it's not going away. This is the new normal and here's what we're going to do and here's here's why. And you just keep reinforcing it and learning from the folks out in the field that are using it and hopefully creating value for your customers. Absolutely. And, and with that, you mentioned having some metrics that you tracked while at Etain and knowing that you work with quite a few staffing agencies Do you have any metrics, KPIs, OKRs, or whatever you want to call them, but that you would recommend or that you see as a common metrics for those staffing agencies that are successful or going faster than others? Yes, I have a couple. In each client of ours, we usually say, let's pick two or three and a long list of some to choose from. But certainly, whatever your operational data 
is that really helps articulate the ROI on what problems you're trying to solve. Some of it could be very obvious, like an increase of gross profit per um, producer in your organization. And you look at that trend over time. Some of them might be less obvious. We have a customer a staff mark group who is leveraging work in and the CIO spoke recently at the ASA Game Changer event with us and, and talked about how they had seen an improvement in show up rates from the workers. And it has gone from 70% to over 90% leveraging our technology. And that's really an interesting metric to look at. It wasn't something we said, oh, let's, we must move this needle. It shows, it's a very big testament to putting platform in the hands of talent that allows them to have more autonomy and being able to confirm work on their phone, sync it with their calendar, have, you know, some skin in the game, so to speak on, yes, I will show up. There's also reconfirm and some functionality in there that can help move that needle. But that wasn't something we said, let's, we must move this metric. Same with being able to redeploy talent. That's a really important metric for a lot of staffing firms, but rarely does any staffing firm measure that well today. Redeployment rates by building a community with a white labeled app where talent can engage with your firm and continue that relationship. It's huge to be able to track and measure redeployment. There's some others like we talked about the speed, fill rates and time to fill, positioning your firm as a top vendor. If you're in a relationship with DMS business, you know, speed is everything, right? So time to fill might be more important in those scenarios to be able to help you incrementally win higher status and a better relationship with your end client as a result. Net new business, right? We talk about being able to reinvent yourself with a mobile technology. This is a step in digital transformation. Oftentimes staffing firms think about last, which is, wow, now I have this new technology. How am I going to weave this through all of my marketing assets and collateral that are external facing? I know how I'm going to get talent on the app and get them excited, but sometimes how am I bringing a new value prop to my client is an afterthought. So some of the best in class firms are really thinking about leveraging technology in their go-to-market strategy, weaving it through the fabric of all of their messaging, their website, their pitch decks, so they can leverage it to go out and get net new customers and move the needle on that metric. That's great. Definitely some things for the audience to think about and a lot of good metrics to put in place. Digging in a little bit deeper on the digital transformation, do you have any, I think we've touched on quite a few of these things, at least kind of uh, hypotheticals in terms of use cases, but if you were to list a couple actions that staffing agencies should take now or that you think are kind of urgent to win the digital transformation or to kind of make sure that they're leading it, what recommendations do you have? You know, I think coming up with a vision for what you're trying to accomplish in a meaningful way, right? If if you're thinking about digital transformation, I can't tell you how many discussions I've had with CEOs who have said something to the effect of, we can have a chat about my mobile strategy, but it's going to be quick. <laughs> I don't really have one and I need help. Right. And at work and we welcome the opportunity to talk through what that might look like. And it can be customized and tailored to your vision. There's plenty of room for staffing companies to have a unique vision for what digital transformation looks like and what they're looking to accomplish. 
every firm has a different strategy and can have the flexibility to implement it in a unique and meaningful way. But having a kind of a vision for North Star of what you're trying to get to and then breaking it down into a phased approach and some steps into what you want to tackle first. Your end game might be, I want to have an end-to-end mobile experience for my talent from rec to check, so to speak, and beyond. What can I serve up to my talent? It could be through partners with companies like Able for onboarding or with payments for same-day pay or with staffing referrals to have a gamification and a referral tracking and referral management platform in the app from clearly rated to drive NPS results and promote best of staffing for your firm through leveraging technology for candidate engagement and feedback like Sense or Intercom for chat and your ATS or job board for job search and apply. So really building out an end-to-end experience for talent, but you don't have to tackle that all in one step, right? You can start with, let's move the needle by creating a white-labeled custom app that is branded to my firm, and we want to be able to take advantage of all the talent I have in my ATS, get them onboarded, and get them leveraging the app for current assignments and future assignments to be able to place more people and and remove some manual processes in my company. That could be step one. Step two could be, let's also bring in other partners into this, maybe viewing a pay stub in the app is really important and could save a ton of somebody's time <laughs> in some branch somewhere or on the back office team of fielding phone calls saying, I'd like a copy of my W-2 or my pay statement. So if you think about all the different places a talent has to log in to engage or to interact with your firm, and you want to bring it all into one spot, can work with our customers to make that happen. And that can be a phased approach. It doesn't have to be daunting. I think that's great. And that's definitely a very strategic look at. Make sure you're implementing the digital transformation correctly. With that, I know you have a strong passion for the candidate experience. I'm wondering if you have examples. I always like to go back to specifics when possible. But if you have any specific examples that you can share, or if not, specific examples, if you're able to kind of talk about maybe some nuanced experiences that are happening that didn't used to happen from a candidate's perspective that you think are interesting or cool for our audience to hear about? Absolutely. Well, I don't know where to start. I think about the modern modern candidate as a consumer who expects frictionless experiences, right? So how many different places are you sending a candidate to engage with your firm for different steps? One comes to mind that maybe is speaks to healthcare. A lot of people think about working and on-demand mobile technology for like light industrial staffing or high volume opportunities. So maybe it's a time I could talk a little bit about some use cases in the healthcare world. With COVID, we have one client, I'll tell a quick story, who was able to deploy nurses in response to COVID for a metropolitan area that had Lots of different locations of stand-up hospitals in different facilities all over the city. And the nurses were going to have a different location to go to work every week and a different schedule. And before we were introducing our technology, the nurses were going to be 
working with different schedulers and coordinators to let them know their availability and send emails back and forth and handle calls to confirm not only when were they supposed to be at work, where were they supposed to be at work, but every week the location changed. And leveraging the work-in platform with their white-labeled app, they were able to take everything out of a Excel spreadsheet <laughs> and everything <laughs> repositioned, leveraging work-in's scheduling technology, which was huge for the talent to be able to receive, and in this case, confirm the work that they were still able to reconfirm, basically, that they were able to make that assignment versus just straight scheduling staffing firm felt better knowing that the nurse clicked the button to say, yes, I'll be there, right? With that psychology and didn't have to field phone calls and still had the, the option to click a button and call the staffing company if they had questions or needed that support. But it put all of it back in the hands of the candidate, in this case, the nurse, to be able to they get to skip a lot of steps and phone calls, emails to confirm work. That, that's amazing. That was one in healthcare. The story about Sally candidate in the middle of the night, kids sick, they're sick, needs to call off and can click a button. You know, again, that's that's configurable. The staffing company can set rules in the app for call offs and cancellations. But if you allow it to happen in the middle of the night, that gives the power of the candidate and can really create a nice brand loyalty for your firm when when you're looked at as an employer of choice because you allow for that, right? You're making it super easy for that talent to be able to communicate with you when they don't necessarily want to have to pick up the phone and call their employer because they're taking care of a sick kid in the middle of the night. Those are just a couple of examples. And the example on the, sorry for cutting you off there, I, I got excited about your time state. The Allowing people to confirm their time that they're going to work and thumbs up like, yes, I'm coming. And the scheduling aspect of that has been such a pain point with lots of the staffing agency owners I've talked with. And then I just imagine the time savings on recruiters are having to have a 24-hour staff to make sure that you're getting the you know, things scheduled appropriately. But then that also follows back to the show-up rate, which... That actually aligns with the calendar tool that we've kind of re- recently released with staff referrals. But the, if, if people own that experience of saying yes or no versus being told what to do if they have some interaction with that. That goes back to your show-up rate increases, which is pretty cool to see that you can have all of that done within your scheduling. Yeah. And it also is nice for the talent when they confirm the work, it'll sync to their own calendar to help them stay on track and on top of things, which might seem small, but in today's world, that's a huge convenience to be able to have that automatically sync with your calendar. I think people are not, I've had people say, oh, well, we want to schedule or take that off their plate. But I think that you mentioned this before we kind of started the podcast today, but the, the pandemic's accelerated so many things. And one of them is every, all of us have to book everything online. I'm, I'm going to get my haircut later and I can't even call anymore. I have to book online now. But the, it's like, it's been amazing to see how the adoption of new technology and kind of these modern online tools. So 
Yeah, it's interesting to watch. I love the analogy of the banking industry for this because I'm from Charlotte and it's a banking town and there were banks on every corner when I first moved there in 1997. And if you think about what the banking industry has done is there's still branches out there, right? And I think it's a good equivalent to kind of draw parallels for the staffing industry who right now is trying to decide if they want to have branches (laughs) next year, right? A lot of staffing firms have learned to operate without branches and are now questioning if they ever need to go back to that model. Others are 100% going back to that model, model. But for the banking industry, you can still go into the branch, right? There's still branches. Now, there's not one on every corner, but you can certainly get into the branch and do, do your business. If I wanted to, I could go into a branch and deposit a check or take out money, but I don't. still an option for me, but that's not my preferred way of depositing a check. For me, it's a lot easier and simpler for me to scan something from my mobile device and receive confirmation that I just deposited money into my bank account. But if I still needed to do it, I could, all right? So the best of class staffing firms are really approaching this, in my opinion, from an omni-channel lens, right? It's like, okay, I'm not trying to replace, I'm trying to enhance so that the customer can engage with me on their terms, not forcing them down this path. I'm going to make it as easy as possible and frictionless as possible for them on this path. But if they still want to come into the branch to see us, great, (laughs) right? So I think that's just another example of how the staffing industry can think about this as an evolution and kind of where it's going. And the catalyst has been COVID-19. Huge accelerator for everyone thinking about the future in a different way and people realizing that, what is possible, right? Everybody had to pivot this year and what's going to be the best way to meet our customers where they are in this new world. I actually saw an article the other day that was talking about how the COVID-19 has basically accelerated. All trends that were already in place have been accelerated by like three to 10 years, which is kind of, you started digging into that. It goes even beyond business and the, some sociological trends and some other things, but it's kind of wild. One other thing, Erica, that you brought in casual conversation a few weeks ago, you brought this up and I haven't got it out of my head and now I'm thinking about it in different ways, but it was the pizza tracker concept and the idea of kind of providing more transparency to the candidate throughout the process. And I hadn't heard that before you and have since shown the the team, the Domino's pizza tracker to give them the concept, but I really liked that idea. And I, I wonder if you want to just explain a little bit more about that. Yeah. So Dave, I appreciate you bringing that up. We think about the modern candidate and the modern customer, and not only do they want no friction, they want the journey to be kind of take me down this path, but in staffing, the biggest, the biggest gap you hear from talent, hands down, is the pain point of the black hole effect. I don't know where I am. I don't know what happened, right? And today's talent wants more transparency into the process. So what you're speaking about really is about onboarding and progress tracking, or we actually refer to it internally as the pizza tracker. But the idea where when you order your pizza, you know where your pizza is and you know exactly when it's going to be delivered to your <laughs> Same goes for what you just did on Amazon, right? I can see what's going on with my order. I can track it. I can see what facility it's at, when it's going to get there. Maybe not this week because it's Christmas and 
maybe some things are in other hands outside of the typical, but generally speaking for talent to be able to see their progress of where they are and those statuses can be configured to the ATS statuses or partner statuses. Where am I? That answers the question, where am I to the candidate as well as what's next for me? What do you need me to do next, right? So for that modern candidate journey to be customized to your workflows, if it's an end-to-end workflow where you want the candidate to be able to do it all, perhaps it's connecting to an onboarding partner to prompt that talent to onboard themselves at that step, right? Or perhaps it's as simple as here's where you are, your interview scheduled, for example, or your application's been accepted, whatever, whatever your workflows are that are tied to your candidate status in your ATS can be sort of mirrored with the lens of what do you want the candidate to see during that step so they know where they are to help with that transparency in self and, and to that point, you brought up the resume black hole. And it's kind of funny to think about how important a career is, how intense a candidate is on knowing where they're at in the process. I mean, it's a, it's a very valuable thing. Like if you apply for a job, you're thinking, where am I? Am I going to get it? When will I hear back? You're checking your email every day. And like the fact that we can check Amazon or our P- where our status of our Amazon order our pizza. But when we apply for a job, which is our much more meaningful aspect of life, we're, we're left in the dark many times. And this is, I think you're, you're moving in the right direction on that. I love that you're kind of building that out. That's cool. That's right. And the thing I want to make sure I don't skip over is how much I personally and I really value the relationship with the customer, right? So all of this automation hopefully doesn't suggest that you're basically leaving your candidate by the wayside to engage with you only in one way. It's really about helping your staff, if you're a staffing firm, focus on high touch, high value activities to enhance the level of service that you have. And to really be thinking about this in a way of what are the value activities that talent or my customer wants to engage with autonomy, right? And how do you automate that? And then if they still want to call you or go into the branch, like that's great. But by doing this, you're actually adding value to them not necessarily taking and diminishing value on the relationship. Because I know just as well as all of you listening to this podcast, the staffing industry was built on relationships. You're helping put people in jobs. Sometimes it's there's a lot of delicate discussions to be had about whether or not you got the job or not. This is not meant to all fully automation through every step in the journey. It's really to enhance a journey, to improve the level of service if that's your strategy that you want to provide to your customers. Awesome. And couldn't, couldn't agree more. So I'm going to shift to a couple of questions, a little bit more fun and can be personal or business, depending on how you would like to answer some questions. I've kind of, I'm a huge Tim Ferriss fan. So we picked up on some of the, some of his questions that I, I try to use in the interviews. One of them uh, is what is the, one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made could be an investment of money, time, energy, or et cetera. I would have to say, I mean, there's a there's a lot. <laughs> I would say probably in real estate, I was really fortunate at a very young age to be pushed by my brother. I give my brother all the credit in the world, who really encouraged me to buy my first house when I didn't think I was ready. I was 25. I just started my job. I was an entry level recruiter. I was not thinking I could afford to 
buy a house. Um, and I couldn't necessarily see the vision of a fixer upper and an up and coming neighborhood that I could buy and put a lot of sweat equity in to realize that investment young. I was 25. So I'm super fortunate to have, have the big brother that gave me the nudge to convince me that I could do it. And certainly happy to say that it's something you know, I try to encourage that I'm a mentor for to think about investments in real estate, especially if you have the energy to put in and the sweat equity to be able to get returns on the smart investments that can help you build for your future. I feel the same about Burr. I mean, Boulder is probably one of the best places to live as, as rated by U.S. News and World Report in October edition. Not a cheap place to live. And I would never be able to afford real estate here if I hadn't bought my house when I was 25 in Charlotte. So I look at real estate for sure. And that's a financial investment. If you're looking for some kind of holistic feel-good investments of time, I know you and I have known each other for a long time. I really enjoy giving back and giving my time uh, as a mentor and getting to know individuals. I have volunteered. This will be my third year with the American Staffing Association's Mentor Match Program. I've really loved that. I also volunteer for an organization called Girls in Tech, which mission is about promoting the advancement of women in tech. And I also had the privilege of just finishing up a mentor match program for the Ernestine McClendon Talent Grant, which serves underprivileged population to advance their skills in IT recruiting. Um, so bettering their technical recruiting, which has been a lot of fun. And I always learn so much from, as a mentor, from my mentees. It's definitely a reciprocal learning opportunity. And if you've never formally been a mentor or a mentee, I, I can't say how much of a reward and how much joy it gives me to be able to make those connections. That's fantastic. And in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Wow, that's an easy one for me. Anyone that has known me for more than five years would know that I would never describe myself as an athlete. I still don't describe myself as an athlete. <laughs> 2018, I bought a Peloton. I will say that it has been life-changing, not only the community of Peloton, but also the convenience of being able as a busy mom and an executive to be able to not have the excuse anymore if I don't have time for self-care and fitness. So to me, that's, that's huge is just being able to sweat every, every day. I have a goal of sweating five times a week and I just love it. That's been just game-changing for me. And I'm really inspired by my generations of ancestors before me. My grandmother lived to be 94, and she was amazing and had always prioritized her health. And having the perspective, whatever, however old, old I was at 2018, maybe I was 45-ish, uh, being able to think about, well, if I want to be able to do headstands and practice yoga when I'm 94, what do I need to do now to do that? And it kind of helps me frame that it's never too late to get started to learn something new, right? To try new things and to practice something, something new. And, and it's important to me, not only for my own health, but also to set a great example for my family. 
Uh, you've uh, been one of the biggest brand advocates that I've seen. I've actually looked up and uh, researched Peloton. You even got me. I've got the mobile app. I haven't bought the bike yet, but I've got the mobile app because of you. So uh, you've got me moving down the path. Well, I just tried my first Pilates class. It's a new launch yesterday. I did it with my 10-year-old. So I'm looking forward to practicing a little more Peloton Pilates in 2021. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So rounding up the conversation today, is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience? Any closing thoughts? I've really enjoyed the opportunity to be on your show, Dave. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you and I appreciate all your compelling questions. Looking forward to a positive and hopefully prosperous 2021 for the industry that has really shown so much resilience this year. Absolutely. And Erica, it's a pleasure having you on. You uh, are always add insightful comments and uh, very thoughtful with your communication. And I think it's pretty awesome to see what you've done within the staffing industry and to see what you're doing with work. And, uh, and for any of the listeners that don't have their mobile strategy out in place, I highly recommend you reach out to Erica and the team over at Working because they're doing some very cool things. So thanks so much for joining today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to The Staffing Show. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at staffinghub.com to never miss an episode. Until next time.